Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang, and welcome to New Southern Garden. Of course, so glad that you've decided to join us here. I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson, and what a great day to be in the garden garden and in the landscape. I know I say that every week, but I think any day is a good day to be out in the landscape, whether you're working in it, pulling weeds, maybe this time of year trying to mulch and clean things up a little bit, tidy things up. We've got leaves falling on the trees, falling off of the trees, of course, uh, oaks and maples, poplars. Many of our native trees are starting to change. And, and every time a gust of wind comes along, I just see this snow of leaves fall. And it's a wonderful time because, of course, that's autumn. And we enjoy the change in the landscape. I hope you are enjoying the changes in your landscape from season to season. Some things are turning yellow and orange and red. Maybe some things look a little brown because they've dried out. That's a shame. We haven't had a whole lot of rain for a while. But of course, this autumn season, there's a lot of things we need to be doing, things we, we got to think about, maybe making preparations even for planting over the fall and winter. Last week, of course, if you joined us here, we talked about uh, some more perennial plants to put in the landscape that, that, that are fall blooming, have some kind of fall, fall attraction, particularly blossoms. And I mentioned some plants that have some great foliage. Don't forget that one of the best aspects of plants are their foliage, the leaves. And of course, there's plenty of plants that have green leaves, different shades of green, dark green, lime green, bright chartreuse yellow, some plants have purple foliage most of the year. And so we've got to be incorporating every aspect, every characteristic of a plant that we possibly can. Flowers are always attractive because they're so cute, right? We just love the flower. And they're usually the big, bright, bold colors. But don't forget about foliage. Variegated foliage is another great thing to look for as you're thinking about some attraction in the landscape over the fall and winter. Of course, variegated foliage is that kind of foliage that, yes, there is green involved, but there may be shades of green, shades of yellow, uh, sometimes purple, and pinks. There's a great ajuga. Let me just mention this plant. I just thought of it. Uh, but ajuga is a low-growing, it's basically a ground cover. They creep and crawl left and right. They don't get very tall, just a few inches tall. But usually they have big, broad leaves. And some varieties have smaller, thinner leaves as well. Uh, but many of these uh, ajugas, uh, standards are green leaves. And they're nice plants with purple flowers. But there's several varieties uh, that are so purple, they're nearly black. And there's one that we have at the nursery. Of course, you can find me throughout the week at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia. But this ajuga is called Burgundy Glow. And it's a wonderful name for this plant because it does have some burgundy in there, uh, pushing into the 
paler burgundies, almost a pink. Uh, and of course, there's a sort of edged in white. There's some white variegation in that uh, burgundy glow ajuga as well. So there are plenty of plants that are going to be looking good all year long, like that ajuga. It is an evergreen plant, and it, it, it touts that beautiful foliage season to season, and it does have a nice purple blossom as well. So be sure to look into a plant when you go into a garden center, because folks, you need to be going to garden centers. Right now is a great time to get into the soil, get plants' roots into the soil as things cool down and as the ground continues to stay nice and warm, particularly those areas that are blanketed with a thick layer of mulch. Uh, this is going to be a great time of year for, uh, for root growth on your new plants. So get into the, lands, into the landscape centers, garden centers, nurseries, and be looking at plants, but don't just look at the flowers. Don't just ask the question uh, of the nurseryman or the garden center uh, f associates there. Don't just ask them, what color is the flower? Does this plant flower? We gotta be thinking of flowers. We always will, but we also need to be thinking about foliage. Be sure to ask some other questions, such as, is it evergreen? If it's evergreen, then you would expect most of the foliage to stay on it uh, season to season, which can add some great interest in the fall and winter. And then, of course, be sure to ask the question, um, does the foliage change uh, maybe color uh, throughout the season? There's a wonderful abelia which is an evergreen, well, we'll call it semi-evergreen. They don't keep all of their leaves, but they keep most of their leaves over winter. Uh, this abelia is called kaleidoscope abelia. Now, we've talked about kaleidoscope abelia from time to time on New Southern Garden because it is a great plant, and it's relatively new to the landscape. Uh, just a, maybe 10, less than 20 years it's been around. And so this abelia has a nice variegated leaf, but throughout different seasons, whether you're looking at the spring growth the summer growth, the fall color, or the winter color. The colors on each leaf is changing based on the season. And so that abelia may be bright green and chartreuse, limey green in the spring with the new growth. But then as we go into fall and winter, you get these shades of oranges and shades of red. And then those leaves that are still on the plant because they're basically evergreen, they'll brighten up again in the spring and new growth will come out with bright growth. So that is a wonderful plant to get. Beautiful shades of color, very autumnal colors as well uh, in the fall and winter just from the foliage itself. So be sure to ask other questions other than uh, looking at blooms. Don't just look at blooms in the garden center. Be sure to ask about foliage and maybe some other interesting characteristics that the plant presents, particularly in the off-season, right, in the fall and winter. We want to make our landscapes enjoyable, pleasurable, and just a uh, really a joy to look at and be in all year long. So those are just some tips about this time of year when you're shopping for plants. Think about all of their characteristics. Like I said last week, of course, if you missed the show, um, You'll be able to find that online at NewSouthernGarden.com. We were talking about perennials that bloom late in the season. And we're actually going to sort of transition gears today, uh, particularly because I was with a client this, this past week in their landscape. And they had this unfortunate situation where some large trees, I will say they were Leland Cypress. Don't worry. 
This client is not the only person with large Leland Cypress that had a problem. Leland Cypress is a great, uh, excuse me, used to be a great plant because it grew quickly, provided a screen between properties and neighbors, keeping some privacy in your backyards. And uh, But it has a series of problems, just a slew of problems. Weakly wooded, uh, the branches break very easily, and of course there's a number of diseases that will take those trees down. So this individual had um, this great screen in between their their properties with their neighbors, and she made it clear. She said, we're friends with our neighbors, but we both, the, 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 this individual doesn't have children but has a pool, uh, maybe some grandchildren uh, that come around. The neighbors had some young children that have a playground in the backyard, and anyhow, uh, both neighbors, they like each other, but they agree that they would like to uh, not <laughs> feel like they're staring at each other when they're recreating in their back landscapes. So, the uh, the question came to me of uh, the question that came to me was basically now that we've taken these Leland Cypress down how can we create a hedge that's not so overpowering because folks the Leland Cypress they do get big you would expect maybe thirty pushing forty uh, feet in diameter in its lifetime. And that is a large space to try to uh, work with, a large plant, I should say, to fill in, a, in small spaces in our backyard. So she wanted a, a hedge, sort of that traditional hedge in between two properties, in between two houses that gives privacy and, of course, would be trimmed and maintained at a size that's more manageable. And so, of course, I answered her question there, but I thought maybe um, there's some folks in the New Southern Garden family here that are looking to create a hedge of some sort. Now, hedges can come in all shapes, sizes, and forms even, And but there's some reasons why we want to plant a hedge. Uh, there's some differences between hedges and screens. Uh, th- those two words there are very similar, and sometimes we, we use them interchangeably, uh, but we'll talk about the differences between a screening plant and a hedging plant and how each situation is handled. We'll even talk about today some of the materials, the plant materials that you could use to create a hedge. Not every hedge has to be evergreen. Some hedges can drop their leaves. Those would be called a deciduous hedge, and uh, there's plenty of reasons why you'd want to use that as well. Then we'll talk about planting the hedge and how to actually install it, get it ready to go so that it looks good and has uh, sort of gets its uh, uh, foot on the right start. Is that how we say that? Or maybe it's root. Get its root on the right start. And, of course, once the hedge starts growing, you'll have to maintain it. So we'll talk about maintaining the hedge as well, what you need to do about fertilizing or feeding it, and what you'll need to do about pruning it. Uh, But hedges are a very historic garden tool. They are a feature that we use in the landscapes, and we've been using in the landscapes for not just decades, but millennia. For thousands of years, probably ever since there was a garden, there's always been a hedge. (laughs) Now, I know that not everybody's interested in those traditional hedges because they seem a bit more formal. And in today's world, we do tend to want uh, maybe less formality, more informality, sort of blending with nature, making things look, uh, quote, modern. Uh, But really, hedges, they don't fall out of style. 
because they are so useful in uh, hiding things or creating intimacy and, and uh, maybe even making little rooms. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But because they're so versatile and because they've been used for so long, we still find plenty of uses for hedges today. I would not say that a hedge is um, not modern a hedge can be modern. It's just maybe the plants you use uh, need to be modernized a bit. So with all that being said, if you are looking out at your kitchen window, maybe your back window, a bedroom window, and you're looking across into somebody else's landscape, you may be needing a hedge if you want to sort of uh, hide what's going on the other side of your yard. And so some other reasons, of course, is if you uh, want to go out, if you're looking into your landscape and you see it's very open and I'd like to have maybe a little room uh, where we can put a fire pit or a patio or a grill and we can have a little dining table there. We want to create some privacy. These are all reasons why we would have a hedge. So purposes for hedges can be numerous. Um, Again, privacy, creating intimacy, walling off sections of the garden. Another reason you may use a hedge is to create some mystery because uh, hedges are not easily uh, seen through. You can't see what's on the other side. That's sort of the point. Because you can't see through them, it always makes the viewer wonder whether it's a visitor who's coming to see you, family members, friends, maybe yourself. Uh, It makes you wonder what is on the other side of that green thick wall? What is hiding over there? Now, of course, uh, hedges can also be functional. They can um, be uh, windbreaks. So if you have a a tall enough hedge, you can definitely keep wind down in certain areas in your landscape. And, you know, we do like wind to help dry uh, wet leaves so disease doesn't increase. But we don't want wind that barrels through and breaks uh, our beautiful plants or uh, causes things to just go awry during a storm. So wind breaks are also a great reason why we would use hedges And then, of course, to maybe create shade. If you have a west-facing garden and it's just so intense with that afternoon sun, maybe west to um, south-facing, south-left-facing landscape, you could install a hedge that will give you a break from that late afternoon sun. That would allow plants that can handle some sun but not brutal sun. That would allow them a place to to be nooked underneath the base of that hedge so you can enjoy things like even hydrangea. Hydrangeas, for the most part, all of them can handle the sun, but some varieties and species and certain types, they need a little bit of break and they need a little more moisture. So using hedges uh, to protect some plants is also another great way to, to use one. So when we get back from this break, we're gonna talk all about creating a hedge then planting a hedge and maintaining the hedge so you don't have to maintain it much. (laughs) If you do it right, if you maintain it right, you won't have problems. When we get back, more on hedges. Hang on tight. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share 
whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone, so get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well. Today on New Southern Garden, we are talking about planting, uh, creating a hedge, planting a hedge, maintaining a hedge. I don't know. Do you think I can do an entire show on hedge making and maintaining? I hope I can. I think I can because there's a lot. We sort of, uh, hedges, hedges are these things that we think of maybe outdated. But to be honest, a hedge has never been outdated. They've been used for thousands of years in landscapes, and they've been used to help screen things. They've been used to help uh, prevent things from being seen, uh, particularly when it comes to privacy. And in the modern sense, because we are living so close together, all of the subdivisions that are being built now have very small lots for houses to sit on, where maybe in the 1980s, one to two acres was average. Average now is well below an acre. So that means we are literally, (laughs) literally living closer to our neighbors than we ever have before. Now, with that comes the idea of how do I maximize my space? Because I have such a small landscape, how can I maximize it? And one of the ways to maximize may actually be to wall it in a bit. Maybe certain areas, particularly the back area, the backyard, the back garden, places where you may have patios, places where you may have pools, places where you may have some recreational area, play sets if you've got young kids like me, because you want to have to create this sense of of a place, your place. We've always talked about that here on New Southern Garden, that our gardens, uh, the point of gardening is really to create a sense of place. Like when we step into our back landscape, we want to feel like we're somewhere. And especially in smaller spaces, hedges can help to do that. They can really bring um, a sense of privacy and intimacy. And that's what we're looking at. Now, I, I did mention in the first segment this morning that the uh, there's a difference sort of in screen and hedge. A lot of times we use the word screen now rather than hedge. And I think it's because we don't want that classic squared off, nicely manicured, trimmed hedge. We want a screen that sort of gives you that idea of uh, a natural plant, like we mentioned Leland Cypress, which I would not recommend anybody using. But those were probably the first players to come along in the past few decades that gave us this natural uh, look. You know, a row of plants that is not trimmed, they're sort of narrow uh, at the base, but then really narrow at the top, like little Christmas trees. And a lot of times we call that a screen. So there's not a lot of difference between screen and hedge. But if we draw a line between the two, I would say that a hedge comes with that clean edge that's been trimmed and manicured. And a screen is sort of a, a natural looking hedge, right? No trimming, not a lot of that going on. But today we are going to focus more on creating a hedge. I know on previous episodes of programs, we've talked about 
some plants that are great to create screens with. They're thick, they're evergreen, they work in sun or shade, they grow fast, and they give you privacy. Uh, so if you want to check those episodes out, be sure to check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com. But today, I thought we'd talk a little bit about actually making this hedge. So the very first thing we want to think of or talk about when we're talking about making a hedge is the materials we want to use. What kind of landscaping plants, what kind of plant material can we use to build a hedge? Well, we've got to think of these plants' characteristics. First of all, the main thing to look for is, does your hedge need to be evergreen? In other words, does your hedge need to have leaves on it all year long? Because there's two main groups of plants. There's plants that uh, keep their leaves all year. We call those evergreen. Then the other main group of plants, as far as this is concerned, is are deciduous plants. And deciduous is just a fancy word for plants that drop their leaves in the winter. So they have their leaves during the growing season, starting in spring all the way through summer, and then in fall, they start falling off of the plant. Many of those deciduous plants give us beautiful fall color, so those are wonderful to use for deciduous hedges because you'll have a great display in the fall. But you've got to make that decision yourself. You've got to determine is it necessary for this plant to have leaves on it all year? If you go with a plant that is deciduous, usually deciduous plants comes with a lot of bloom power. Now, there are plenty of evergreen plants that bloom, don't get me wrong. But if you want a hedge that is just covered in blooms in the summer, then you may look at deciduous hedges or a deciduous plant to use, uh, even though just know that in the winter, those deciduous plants won't have leaves on them. So if you have an area you're looking for privacy all year, go for the evergreen. But if you're looking at an area just to sort of screen off or, or sort of uh, create a little garden room, you could surely use deciduous hedges uh, and enjoy some flowers even on many of those plants. So those are the two things that are important. The other thing is when you're determining what plants to use to create your hedge, you want to look at the size of that plant. So if you're looking for something to hide uh, the next door neighbor and maybe they're at a higher uh, grade than you are, their house sits higher than yours, you may want to use plants that can reach a little bit beyond the final height that you want that hedge to set at. Um, so look for tall plants. But then if you want a low hedge that sort of just uh, gives an outline to your patio, or a low hedge that gives an outline to a perennial border. You can get very formal looks doing that, of course, but you may use a more dwarf plant, a plant that maybe only gets two to three feet tall, so you can keep it trimmed much lower uh, than a plant that wants to be eight to 20 feet tall, right? So be on the lookout for plants that are in the same size range that you're in need of. Those are probably the most two critical things when determining uh, what materials to use for your hedge is going to be, is it evergreen or deciduous, and how tall does it get? Because if you want to maintain a small hedge, don't use some standard tall shrubs or you'll be trimming them all of the time. We'll talk more about pruning these hedges later. But regardless, look for the size of the plant that better fits or is appropriately suited for your needs and your goals. And then, of course, determine if it's okay, if it's evergreen or if it's deciduous. 
Now, we'll probably just need to go right into planting your hedge now that we've picked the material that you want to use. Actually, I should probably back up. I should probably talk about some great options, some great options uh, for hedging plants. So one of the first plants I jump to when we talk about hedges are hollies because hollies respond well to pruning. The point of a hedge is to be trimmed. And if a plant does not handle trimming well, then you'll need to go um, probably not use that one. (laughs) But for the most part, any plant can be hedged. Things like hollies, whether they're the big Chinese hollies uh, with big leaves, or whether they're the little-leaved hollies like the Japanese hollies. Now, there's some native hollies like Yopon holly, which is an evergreen holly. It looks a lot like boxwood, which boxwood is another option, but the Yopon holly hedges very well. Gardenias are evergreen, and they do hedge very well. But then when you come in with some deciduous hedges, you could think of things like hydrangea. Hydrangea does make a nice thick hedge, but of course, they don't keep their leaves, so they fall off the plant in the winter. The same with viburnums. Viburnums are usually spring bloomers. Uh, Most viburnums, not all of them, but most viburnums are going to be deciduous. However, there are some viburnums like the prog viburnum, or the chendo viburnum that will keep their leaves, most of their leaves, all winter long. And the viburnums make a thick, dense uh, hedge and no problem there. But you could use some very colorful plants, uh, such as forsythia. Forsythia or yellow bells, some people call them yellow bells, they bloom in the spring, one of the first shrubs to bloom. And the yellow bell can be a great option for hedging um, as well. If um, you live in an area where <laughs> lilacs don't do so well here in the southeast, but uh, there are some varieties that can be used in the southeast. But if you live in an area that's maybe cooler, uh, has uh, not as terrible summers and of course not as uh, mild winters lilacs can be a great hedge as well so there's plenty of plants out there that are going to uh, get the job done they're definitely going to get the job done and you just got to find the one that fits the right uh, spot for you and that looks best for what you want to do so now that we've picked our plant (laughs) let's get to actually putting them in the ground when we get back from this quick break we're going to talk about putting your hedge in your landscape and planting that hedge hang on tight the seasons reverse and the spring bees and the birds got a reason to sing bringing the seeds into birds nathan wilson's new southern garden show is on the air your host nathan wilson with lanier nursery and gardens in flowery branch georgia is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener homeowner and apartment dweller can use from vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, gang, welcome back for the second half of today's program here on New Southern Garden. Of course, I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson. And I want to remind you, if you're just joining us for this program today, don't worry. There are plenty of ways that you can listen to the first half. (laughs) First of all, of course, you can find every episode of New Southern Garden on our website at NewSouthernGarden.com and also on the podcasting apps. But if you're going to be near your radio tonight, be sure to check out uh, our 8 p.m. airing of this show. 
WRWH is going to be airing New Southern Garden on Saturday nights at 8 p.m., 8 o'clock in the evening. So if you didn't get enough gardening goodness done in the, <laughs> or listen to the gardening goodness uh, in the morning, you can always listen to uh, the repeat airing of this program at 8 o'clock tonight. So let your friends know. And, of course, check out the website, NewSouthernGarden.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can send us your questions on all of those outlets, the website, the Facebook, the Instagram. Uh, at the end of the month, of course, we're going to be answering your questions because we want New Southern Garden to not only inspire you and give you new ideas to try in your landscape or uh, methods uh, to try, materials to try, all of these things that we talk about. We also want to, to help you specifically. So if you've got a problem that's burning through your garden beds, <laughs> let us know. But also, tell us about your gardening successes. We would love to hear about your gardening successes and all the great things that have happened in your landscape this year. Send us pictures, tag us on Facebook, tag us on Instagram, and we'll be glad to share those, of course, uh, with all of our new Southern Garden friends. So today's program, we're talking about something strange and unusual we've never talked about before, <laughs> but growing a hedge growing a hedge and it I got the inspiration from a client uh, this week who who did have a problem in between their property and their neighbors one of their very old and mature Leland cypresses bit the dust <laughs> it fell over it had to come down and so now they've got this big void between the two houses and both families can see each other when they're out in their backyard. They love each other. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the lady made it clear. She made it clear that uh, her neighbor, their neighbors are her friends. There's no animosity that they're trying to hide each other from, <laughs> which is good. But the reality is, is they both feel like they need a little bit of privacy. And I agree. We do want, in some cases, our landscapes, our back gardens, to be a bit private. We want to enjoy them with our friends and family without the neighbors uh, peering over, looking at us. <laughs> so hedges are a great way to do this. Now, uh, before the break, we have talked about the difference, the, the why, first of all, the purpose behind a hedge. What are the reasons for even growing one? And we talked about the difference between hedges and screens. Hedges are generally are going to be a row of plants that are trimmed and manicured very shapely. Uh, they're usually topped out at a certain height so they don't climb any higher. But screens are still a row of plants <laughs> that are planted to hedge, essentially. But we're not trimming those plants. We're letting them sort of be their natural form. But today we're talking about a hedge, which is going to be a plant that we do trim, a, a row of plants that we're going to keep nice and manicured. They do give you a sort of formal look, but if you do it right, you can also achieve a very modern look with um, straight lines. So with that in mind, we did talk about uh, different materials you can use for hedging and pretty much most plants, to be honest, most plants can be hedged. However, if you put the wrong plant in the wrong place, you'll probably have some issues. So be sure that you're using the appropriate size plant so you don't have to uh, trim so much and keep it uh, at the height you want it at. That's the big thing. So in other words, when you're looking to pick a plant for your hedging material, I would look for a plant that is just maybe 
two to five feet taller than the height I need. If you get a plant that is just under the height you need, well, you'll have a problem. You won't have a hedge that's tall enough, but you can always trim hedges shorter. So if you get a plant that is just a few feet taller than what you need, you will always have a hedge that is at the appropriate size. When it comes to planting a hedge, that's our next step today. Once we've picked our material, now how are we going to plant the hedge? The main question that comes up with planting a hedge is how close do I plant them? And when I was uh, studying horticulture at the University of Georgia, that question came up. And I remember the professor saying this. The question, of course, how close can we plant plants? And the professor said, you can plant plants as close as you like. The idea behind that is that plants can grow side by side as close as you want them. But you've got to have a goal in mind. You've got to say, well, there are some factors that are going to um, change that distance between plants. First of all, you may think about budget. That's the first thing I usually think of is how much can I spend to create this hedge? Sure, I can put them 12 inches apart, but if I space them five feet apart, then I don't have to buy so many plants. It's cheaper. So there's another factor too, is how long can you wait? How long can you wait for that hedge to really fill out and uh, give you the privacy or the screen that you need? That's a major question because of course you can achieve this in a number of ways. You can, if you say, well, I don't, I don't want to wait very long for this hedge to fill out, then you want to plant closer. But if you say, well, yeah, it's okay if I wait uh, eight years, maybe. (laughs) So we can pull those plants a little further apart. The other aspect is how big of a plant do you want to put in? The bigger the plant, the higher the cost. But if you start with small plants, you might be able to push them a little closer. So you can buy more plants uh, for the money of larger plants. So it usually comes down to budget in my mind. The other thing that you really need to think about is going to be How wide is the plant going to get? If it's a tall, narrow plant that only gets two to three feet wide, then you do not want to space them any further than three feet apart because they will have gaps between them. If the plant has a width of five to eight feet, then you probably want to stay somewhere within that range or closer. You can always go closer. Now, there is that concern when we're planting plants close together that, well, is one going to kill the other out? And with a hedge, the concept is that the plant is the entire hedge. Yes, there are uh, individual plants that make up the hedge, but the entire hedge is what we're going for. We don't want to enjoy the plant the one single plant for its glory. We want to enjoy the multitude of plants, all of the plants, as one continuous hedge. So it is okay if they are planted close together. However, if one plant does die out, if you planted them fairly close together, and one plant does die out, you will have a void there. And that means that you'll either need to wait for the other two on either side of the dead one to fill in, or replant and add another plant in the mix. So depending on the type of plant you're growing and how wide it gets, maybe how tall it gets, those may be some of the main factors other than budget um, and also what size plant do you want to start with. 
I'll give you an example of some of the traditional hedges over in Europe. You know, hedges, like I said, have been used for thousands of years. But back in the day, say before the modern nursery industry, where you could go to a nursery or go to a garden center now, and you can purchase plant material, before nurseries were really a thing in our economy, People were either growing the plants themselves or maybe paying a gardener, paying a landscape designer to plant their hedges and other plants. And so back in those days, they would literally, for a hedge, they would make cuttings from the mother plant. Maybe it was a boxwood, maybe it was a holly, maybe it was some hardwood tree they were going to hedge. Well, regardless, they would make their cuttings and they would place them in a row about six inches apart. That's right. They would plant these individual cuttings six inches apart. Now, that did one of two things. First of all, hedges can be planted very close together because the concept, just to reiterate that, is we want the entire hedge. We don't just want individual plants. We want them to grow, literally grow together and create a continuous unbroken plant. So they would plant them very close because that made the hedge fill in faster, but also because they were planting cuttings not plants with roots, but just stem cuttings, if any of those cuttings did not root, did not make it, then they had only 12 inches in between two plants that did. Does that make sense? So in, in, in other words, you can plant your hedges very close. And historically, for thousands of years, uh, gardeners have been doing it that way. They've been planting their hedging plants very close together. So don't be scared to plant a little closer, especially if you want that hedge sort of instant gratification. If you want that hedge sooner than later, you've got to start uh, with close spacing. Now, before you plant your hedge, I like to uh, draw out my line. You know, if it's a straight hedge, you want to have a line. You can, of course, use a string. Uh, you could use sand and a funnel and make a line. You could use a modern invention, uh, spray spray paint. <laughs> there are some wonderful spray paints, which the nozzle is pointing down instead of out across the top. It actually points uh, vertically, if you're holding it vertically, but you can spray a straight line on the ground. Uh, I think the spray paint that um, sprays out the top is called marking paint, maybe. Um, but regardless, you can make your line so you know where to go. And then you would want to cultivate. I like to cultivate a hedge as if it's a planting bed. So we will till and soften the soil all the way up and down um, and very wide. We want to till a wide bed because we want these plants to get established quickly. So the, the same idea goes. You can plant individual planting holes, uh, but if you're going to be planting at a close spacing, I have found that using a tiller, uh, softening an entire bed for your hedge is a wonderful and fairly easy way to do it. Of course, we follow the regular recommendations. We don't plant these plants any deeper than their root ball. We can plant them a little higher, a little proud if we, if we need to or want to. Uh, but we do want to put soft soil around the roots of these shrubs or trees. We want to put soft soil around their roots. And, of course, mulch. Mulch them very well because that first year, fall and winter, is a great time to do a, a planting a hedge just like any other tree or shrub. But that first year, we want to make sure that their roots are staying moist, not wet. And, of course, mulch helps to moderate the moisture in the soil so your hedge gets up quickly now if you plant your hedge over fall and winter that's about all you have to do 
Uh, but by the time spring comes, or if you plant it in the spring, it'll be time to feed your hedge. So we need to talk about sort of maintaining this hedge now that it's starting to grow. Uh, feeding a hedge is much like feeding any other plant in the landscape. You want to give it a well-balanced fertilizer, and particularly, you want to give it a fertilizer that is higher in nitrogen because the point of a hedge is to encourage the branches to grow together and branches and leaves are all produced with the help of nitrogen so be sure to give your plants well balanced but also higher nitrogen fertilizer uh, you can use organics you can use commercial fertilizers that doesn't really matter for the plant uh, it's up to you on what material you want to use and you want to be fertilizing your hedges uh, that first year religiously. Be sure that you put it on the calendar. If you have a slow-release fertilizer that lasts a month, fertilize it every month until we get to September. If you have a three-month fertilizer, fertilize it every three months till we get to September. Okay, so we're going to come back from this quick break and talk a little bit more about maintaining your hedge, feeding it, and trimming it in particular. Hang on tight. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the new Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. <laughs> at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get growing together. Well, of course, gang, that is my Eden Rose button. <laughs> Eden Rose just turned three last month, and she's already encouraging you to give planting a hedge a go. <laughs> give planting a hedge a go because hedges can be very functional. They can provide privacy. They can make good windbreaks. They can give you shade if you position them just right. There's a lot of reasons why hedges. They can also define a space. They can say this is its own little garden room. They can create mystery because we never know what's on the other side of the hedge until we walk through the hedge. So with all that being said, today's program we've been talking about creating a hedge and it all stemmed from a conversation I had with a client who had some big massive Leland's that had to come out, which they always do, and now they're looking at their neighbors, and their neighbors are looking at them, and they need some privacy. Well, hedges are traditional, yes, they've been around a long time, but they can be very modern, too, if they're used appropriately. So with all that being said, I always say that, with all that being said, I got to cut that out, but uh, we've talked about planting them uh, before the break, and then we were just talking about feeding your hedges. You want to feed your hedges just like you'd feed most of your newly planted garden plants. Once a hedge, probably after its third year, has become fairly established, you may not have to feed it as much. But with hedges, uh, especially if you need a quick hedge, you want to plant them closer and feed them regularly and feed them uh, as much as you can through the growing season. Because if they lack for anything, if a plant lacks for anything, 
it will be underperforming. It won't reach its maximum growth potential. And if you need a fast hedge, you want to reach that maximum growth potential. So start feeding your hedges in the spring and run that all the way through up until about Labor Day. And you don't have to feed your hedges or really any other plant beyond Labor Day uh, for winter. So that's pretty much feeding. Higher nitrogen, we talked about. We do want to use a higher nitrogen fertilizer, but we need it to be well-balanced, which just means, I didn't explain that earlier, but a well-balanced fertilizer includes everything a plant would need to grow. Nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and even micronutrients. So be sure that you're feeding them something well-balanced and particularly slow-release so they always have access to it. Now, we probably are going to have to spend the last minutes of this show talking about pruning because when it comes to hedge and hedging plants, that comes with pruning. Uh, As a matter of fact, that's sort of the point of a hedge. The point of a hedge is to keep a plant in a nice straight row. It doesn't have to be straight. It could could be different shapes and odd shapes if you want to hedge it that way, prune it that way. But we want to keep it in bounds. We don't want the, the hedge to get too wide. And we don't want the hedge to get too tall. So that means we're having to trim the sides and also trim the top to keep the height in check. But pruning a hedge is um, not really much different than pruning individual plants. The only thing with a hedge is you don't trim in between the plants. You want the plants, that uh, the branches in between your plants to reach toward each other and literally grow into each other. And once that happens, we are really just trimming the outer edges and the tops of your hedge. But here's the idea with a hedge. When we're hedging, we are using a special kind of pruning cut we call a heading cut. H-E-A-D, heading cut. And a heading cut is just what it sounds. It's where you are removing the head of the branch. So that would be the tip of the branch. And when you tip out or prune off the tips of your branches, you will find that the branch will then send out side branches. And that's how we get a thick, dense screen. A thick, dense hedge is by trimming the tips. So we're not really doing a lot of hedging. We're probably, we're not doing a lot of pruning. I mean, we're probably using something like a, uh, a hedger, right? You can use a hand hedger, uh, which is like uh, shears, snip, snip, snip. Uh, or you can use a mechanical hedger, uh, which is going to be powered by electricity, battery, or gas-powered. And, of course, that is that long blade that has those individual cutting uh, points that are sliding back and forth. And you're trim, 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 trim. Is that a good sound effect, Mr. Producer? <laughs> so that is a, uh, a hedger, basically, a trimmer, a hedge trimmer. And that's the kind of tool we'll need. But while we are pruning and while we're trimming our hedges, we have to keep it angled. We have to keep that hedger angled so that the base of the plant is slightly wider than the top of the hedge. Now, this is critical. I'm sort of, if if you can picture this with me, we're sort of creating these shallow sloped pyramids, right? Because we want a wide base at the bottom and a narrow tip at the top. Now, what that allows for is for equal light distribution. That means when the sun shines down on your hedge, every leaf on the side, on the slope of your hedge is getting bits of sunlight. If... 
and this happens all the time, and I see it all the time, it's, it's a way to ruin a good hedge, is if the top of your hedge is broader, is wider than the base of your hedge, then the base of your hedge cannot get access to light. And that makes a very thin bottom, a very thin base of your hedge. So you'll have plenty of foliage at the top, but down deep at the bottom, you're starting to see what we call knobby knees and ankles. You're starting to see the stems and the main branches, the main trunks, if you will, of those plants. So that is the most critical thing when you're pruning is to keep a wide bottom for your hedge, but a fairly shallow or narrow top. Now, it doesn't have to be a complete pyramid by any means. It doesn't have to be triangular in shape. All it has to have is just a slight slope where the base is broader than the top. Now, when do you prune your hedges? When do you prune your hedges? Well, we, first of all, do not really prune any plant after Labor Day up until, um, say, March or late winter. The first pruning you'll do on your uh, hedge could be in the late part of winter, early part of spring. And that is going to stimulate your plants to send out more branches. So when you prune in late winter, early spring, you are pruning at a time when the plant is just about to get what we call its spring flush. And the spring flush is where the plant sends up all this glorious, wonderful new growth. And that is the most growth you're going to have all year. Spring flush is when the plants put out the most growth they ever will. So if you time it just right and you trim the heads off of your branches and fertilize them in that early part of spring, then you will see a thickening of that hedge pretty quickly. But of course, that growth is going to look gangly and gnarly. So throughout summer, you're going to have to hedge again, and you're going to have to trim again so that you get it in shape. And you can do that all summer as long as you like. But here is the last point of today's show, is sometime in the late part of summer, You can put your final cut on your hedge, and that will give it a nice clean cut going into winter. If you do that in late summer, the plant will not regrow much, and you will have this nice clean edge, sharp edges on your hedge going into the fall and winter. Well, gang, that is really all that I've got, and I I guess I've sort of made a whole program on it. I did what I hoped to do was make a whole program on creating, planting, and maintaining a hedge. Use a hedge for privacy. Use it for windbreaks. Use it to create some shade or just a sense of place. They're a wonderful thing to use. And like Eden Rose would say, Give it a go. Give growing a hedge a go. Check us out online at NewSouthernGarden.com. And for WRWH, I'm Nathan Wilson, hoping you stay with well and grow well. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show.